Hit the button. Let's just hit the touched. button. I, I think I walked in here about 17 seconds ago. That's how we work. We just sit we down. Work, we work fast and loose. We speak unscripted. Truth, unscripted. Unhinged. Keep it real. It's funny. I was making fun of uh, of of Kyle's uh, beloved Katie last night because she's finally done. You know, she she holds herself to a very high standard. Let me put it that way. I don't want to give anything away. Oh, but when things aren't when she puts out things that aren't, you know, she's just not sure if they aren't quite where they needed to be, or quite where they could have be. She gets very upset. Well, I'm I'm that way too. I say I'm not like that. I just put so <laughs> I just put the shit out. I just like yes, <laughs> we did there it. it. Is. It's good. It's done. And uh, that's how we operate. That's how I operate. Kyle's a professional. I am a uh, rank amateur. So. I think you're a professional amateur. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem that way. <laughs> no, I, I. But yeah, I mean, when you put out content, well, I mean, I need to st- start caring less because every episode, this one is more loose. This one's more. I. I don't necessarily care because I just enjoy the conversation with you. But the structure that I bring, like the lesson plan that I do with my other show, there's like an expectation that I want. There's a level of guest engagement that I want. And when something doesn't go right, whether it's my prompting where maybe I'm a little scatterbrained, maybe some of the, maybe sometimes it's the guests and they're not like really giving much to work with. I get a little depressed. I get a little depressed, but I have to let it go. I have to let it go. I do so much. Keep it moving. So, yeah. You got to yeah. keep it moving. <laughs> and so it you is what it is. You, you put out almost as many um, podcasts as Hollywood puts out superhero movies. So that's that's a lot. <laughs> oh, almost. Almost. You're, you're close. <laughs> close. You're close. You're not quite there. That was a good transition. Oh, I, I'm I'm master. I'm you're a master. master of it. See, I, I'm a pretty good amateur. Yeah. I'm, like a, I'm like a pretty advanced amateur, I think. Uh, I made you watch this movie. You didn't make me watch it. You can't, you can't make me do shit. Nobody can make me do shit. <laughs> That's true. Nobody can make me do anything. It's I do true. everything voluntarily. You did. Um, I do certain things out of obligation for my family, particularly my child. That's about it. Yeah. That's about it. Um, you didn't make me watch this movie. I don't know who made me watch this movie. Hollywood. God. I mean, the gods are involved. The gods are involved in the production. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who did it, but it wasn't you. It wasn't, it wasn't you. Me. So I don't want you to feel the the weight of that. I don't want you to bear that burden. No, I won't. I won't. Uh, that that uh, that burden, uh, like uh, Atlas. I do not want you to have to hold up the world. The world, yeah. The world and bear children who will try to destroy it. But uh, we're talking about this movie Shazam: The Fury of the Gods. Um, it's not a bad name. I'll say that the fear of the guy's not sure. a bad name. It's yeah. evocative. It uh, the, it the suggests name, the possibility of an experience. The name suggests that it could be quite exciting, um, which it's not. Well, At least I didn't find it. So I did not find it exciting. <laughs> I mean, so so we were we were debating between two movies. Uh, what was the other movie? Moving on. Moving on. So I was like, I can see one of these movies. This is last night. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about one of them because I'd rather just, you know, I like to keep it moving. I like to keep it moving here, moving on here in our podcast because I feel like if we wait and, you know, we don't, sometimes we do two, sometimes we'll do one. To me, it's important to get it done. I, that's the that's the opposite side yeah. of the coin that I sit on in terms of productivity is I just want to get it done. Sure. Because I feel like if we stop, then you got to start it back up. You lose momentum. Da, 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 da. So let's do it. Let's talk about one of these movies. Yeah. And what you said is. Uh, moving on might be a little bit better on some level. 
but very slightly. But this will give us more to talk about. And the question is, what is there to talk about about Shazam? I guess there is the movie to talk about as there is a, that. as it exists, which you know, query how interesting that is. There is superhero movies broadly construed, which we talk about some. I mean, we talk about off and on. I don't know how systematic we've been in our conversation about it. Uh, I guess there's how we feel. We can talk about uh-huh. that. We, we can talk about um, it's, I, a, it's I, another rainy day in Los is. Angeles. I was disappointed with this one. I was actually hoping it could have been decent because I generally liked the first one. Yeah, so I, I watched the first one pretty recently. Yeah. Watched the first one, um, I would say, a month or two ago because I knew that we would probably review the second one. I hadn't seen the first one. I didn't see it when it first yeah. came around. So yeah. I was like, well, I'll, I'll watch it so I'll have whatever you know context. And I know people generally enjoyed it. It was generally well-received as these things go. Yeah, and It was fu- It was good. It was entertaining. Yeah. It, it was sort of jaunty. I mean, it was clearly taking, doing like a riff on Big it is. in the yeah. superhero world. But I don't know that anyone had done exactly that. Yeah. So okay, that that's like kind of a new enough idea, and right? I, and I think that serves very nicely into where superheroes are and what the concept of it should be for a younger audience. Like it, it, it to put you into the idea that you could literally transform as a kid into a superhero. How would you behave? How would you act? I mean, Spider Man gets close into that kind of psychology. He's young and he is he he has these powers at a young age, and so he's snarky, sarcastic. Uh, you know, befuddled at times with with uh, his adventures and romance and all of the above, but uh, Shazam sits nice in that pocket as well. It's like, well, how it's, could you and literally it's DC transform? Comics attempt to do a Marvel comic, right? absolutely, because yeah. because they can't make this movie with with Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman, no, right? Uh, they can't really make this movie with Aquaman. Um, whatever movies they're making with Aquaman, it wouldn't be this one. So it's like, well, they got to go to this kind of. I mean, they've tried to do it with um, Suicide Squad, yep. right? They they, they want to have the irreverence. Yeah. They want to have their funny movies, right? Yeah. Um, you know, because I mean, Marvel sort of. I mean, how when did the first Iron Man movie come out? How far? Two thousand eight. Okay, so we're we're not which is quite, actually pretty wild to think about. I mean, fifteen years, but we've had over twenty something. Films so we're, so we're a franchise. decade and a half into not just the Marvel franchise as it's, as it's presently constituted, but into sort of the the hegemony of superhero movies, yeah. right? Them being sort of this hegemonic part of kind of mainstream or like big budget spectacle cinema. Yeah, you could say X-Men kind of started it. it yeah, X-Men I mean, brings it to life and then you get the Hellboys but, and then you get uh, then up to Iron Man. And then yeah, but I, I, I think the significance of Iron Man is that what Iron Man was a proof of concept for, at least so far as Hollywood was concerned, is that you can sell any of this shit to people. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Iron Man was not pre-sold. Nobody knew. I mean, m- comic books are pre-sold. I mean, it created the idea that all this comic, that there's like a comic book universe that is itself pre-sold above and beyond the specific characters, the specific stories. Yeah. I mean, the big DC comic book heroes, they're pre-sold forever and ever. Yeah. Right? So, too, with, I mean, the X-Men, like, I grew up watching that cartoon. Yeah, me too. Right? I mean, yeah. I, people did not know who Iron Man was. Iron Man was a, a, a B-tier, at best, Marvel comic yeah, book character. And that movie created 
this idea that like these things could just be sort of like we're gonna get a show about Loki, we're gonna get a show about you know uh, Scarlet Witch, we're gonna get a show, you know we're gonna get a movie about the Eternals, right? All these things that nobody gives a sh- I don't want to say nobody gives a shit about. That's not accurate, but they're not like when you talk about Marvel comics prior to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you're talking about Spider Man, you're talking about gosh uh, the X Men, yeah, particularly someone like Wolverine. Maybe Captain America, maybe the Hulk, right? Yeah, Captain America being pretty niche, uh, actually. Yeah, uh, but but more more known than for sure than Be- Iron beca- Man because of the iconography. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, more known yeah. than Iron Man. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the Avengers was almost, I think, a a, a, a gimmick, like a comic gimmick, to put their kind of B tier people together yeah, in order to like to packaging. Give, give them something to do, right? <laughs> we got to give give these people something to do, right? Yeah. So. It's um, so we're 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 a decade and a half into that, right? Into this idea that we're just going to get all these superheroes, and they're going to keep on giving movies to new ones and find a ways to build sort of sub franchise, like a giant franchise out of all of them, and sub franchises out of specific ones, including ones that aren't exactly like whether it's Shazam or Ant Man, right? These these superheroes that were. Yeah, not not household names. Certainly not in household names before this whole thing. Yeah. Was, Shazam, was Shazam uh, Captain Marvel being one of the oldest of these variations, like one of these oldest comic book variations, and it, it sit you know with the old detective kind of Batman with Superman is in that world, and uh, it it is interesting to see kind of a foundational character being interpreted in the guise of influence for other things, like, cause it is its own thing. It is its own identity. Yeah. Well, I mean, in theory, it's its in own theory. Identity. In, in theory. theory. <laughs> in, in reality, it's, um, it's everything else. It's well, like their attempt to do like a kind of heart, more heartwarming family oriented, not family oriented, I guess, but family driven, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it, in tonally, that is what it is an attempt to do. Absolutely. It's an attempt to do a sort of, yeah, it's kind of Spider-Man meets Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Because you got the whole team thing, the whole family thing. I mean, they even make a joke about the Fast and the Furious in the movie. Uh, <laughs> to Helen Mirren, who is in the Fast and, Brand, Fast and Furious yeah, franchise. Yeah, so, so here we are. Here we sit. I would say a decade and a half into, like, the the idea of these things as sort of pre-sold universes with many, many kind of somewhat interlocking tendrils. I mean, I trace yeah. that back to the Iron Man movie. Yeah. Yes, there were Superman superhero movies before that. Some of them were good. A lot of them were quite bad. I mean, they were almost B-movies, some of them. You know, think back to some of like the Fantastic Four movies of mm-hmm. that of that pre uh that pre-era. Or I mean, like, both the Hulk movies, uh, Ang Lee's and uh, whoever did the... Edward Norton driven one Incredible Hulk are not good. They're just not although they good were attempts movies. to be good, right? They were sure. att- they were attempts to be like kind of like the the Angley Hulk is their attempt to do some Marvel equivalent of like the Dark Knight or something, right? Yes, it's a yeah. failed attempt, but very much. But it, it is it's not just like it's not just like let's cynically cash in on this property. It's like oh, we're gonna make a serious superhero movie, yeah. which yeah. you know we we all know how that went, but. So where are we at with this? This movie did something kind of amazing to me, mm. which is that it made me 
just the slightest bit sympathetic to a movie like Eternals. I would still watch this movie again before I watch Eternals because it's yeah. shorter and it has at least moments that are entertaining. Uh, but I feel like we're in a state where you've got a movie like Eternals, which is trying and failing to do something new or different, yes. right? And yeah, ends yeah. up doing kind of nothing, right? Ends up just kind of never having any idea of what it was to begin with. And so it just kind of, yeah, just kind of is very there's um, no inert yeah there's no creative motivation to actually let something like the idea of the eternals become something new because if it strays too far into the strangeness the weirdness and the uh the otherworldliness that it really is and we talked about eternals and like its motivations in the comic books they are strange and experimental visually had they allowed that to happen uh, a lot of people might have rejected it, but I think I think we need more of that. We need more of a divisive reaction to these things yeah. rather than the the kind of uh, general acceptance that they are what they are. Like I I think it would be more interesting if we challenged some perceptions, did something stylistically, experimentally different with these, with well, these characters. See, because because at Shazam, you get the other side of the spectrum, right? Which is a movie that feels so derivative. It is that yes. that you yeah. almost think someone is fucking with you. Yeah. Like, we've got the scene in the museum, which has Whoa. been done before. Opens Black the movie, Panther, too. Yeah. Right? And probably other ones of them, but the one in Black Panther is the one that comes to mind. Yeah. You've got a scene on a bridge. I can't even tell you how many of these shits happen on a bridge. That fucking bridge is collapsing. And then there's another bridge collapsing later. Yeah. Just, how many how many superhero movies have involved like suspension bridges in the process of collapsing and they have to stop it or not? Right? <laughs> like I, I just I you I feel like someone is fucking with it's, me. It's like, almost like I, they put it into an AI and it's spurting out like yes, the, it the has, formula. It has and the the heavy hand of chat GPT four <laughs> written all over it like what are we doing here? I don't I, know. I feel like I've seen this exact scene. Like, not even, like, this idea yeah. or this broad strokes thing. Of course, they're all the same, right? They're all the same or they're all similar, right? All stories are the same or whatever, blah, 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 blah. I get that, right? Or I think that that – I actually think that that shit's all kind of reductive and stupid. I agree. But, yes, there are certain uh, things that recur, right, and that they're going to recur. Yeah. Right, but this felt so derivative, so much like something I've seen before, that it was that it was deja vu inducing. Yes, yeah, yeah. It it is very. It, it you almost get kind of a weird. It, it's it's like a combination of being bored, but you're getting like formulaic whiplash. You're like, wait a second. Yeah, the bridge thing. It's like uh, we need an event to bring them all together to showcase that they're a team and, and they're working together. There's a sense of peril. There's and a real se- sense of peril with the bridge. But there is it was so boring and they have all these like I know what it's it, it's it's meant to be so generic that you're supposed to pay attention to the little eccentricities of the characters, but this is actually the problem with Shazam Fury of the Gods. They have so many people part of the team that they can't spend at any amount or enough time with any of these characters to make them pronounce it really is the Freddy show in this one. And obviously because he was a favorite in the first Shazam and, and they're trying to do a, a, a kind of dramatic contrast with Billy with Freddie and Billy and that he's trying to find his own way 
and be be an individual, but Billy wants to hold the family together, which they they again it's this overlaying of exposition and explanation for these and just, characters and just clunky dialogue where clunky, the themes are very. basically just stated like the family it's important we should keep it together yeah oh, i have imposter nobody, syndrome I, is, yeah, I mean, it's, like, <laughs> it's like someone is literally just uh it, it's as though a child and i guess they are young characters maybe that's the point i don't know they're just telling you what the story is about yeah and and it's so Everything is so on the nose yeah. and so predictable, the way the conflicts, like the sort of frictionless, frictionless beginning of Freddy's quasi-relationship with the Rachel Zegler character, mm-hmm. which you can tell is obviously going to be not for real. It's going to be a twist. It's just like, it was just so... Yeah, even the scene of the psychiatrist just straight, straight, a straight lift from The Sopranos, right? Like yeah. we're gonna take a superhero and send them to a shrink, right? It's just all oh, this has done, but been done before, and it's been done, that specific thing, right? Not just like something adjacent to it, yeah. But it's just like I just, I just, it just felt so like like a pastiche and not an interesting one or not yeah. an, because it wasn't even riff, we're not even doing riffs at this point no we're not things. we're really just doing the thing we're just doing the, the thing. shit in the stadium how many superhero movies Ugh. have had shit in a stadium uh what, dark the, night the, rises uh, uh days of future past right it's like we're doing climactic shit where we're blowing shit up in a stadium it's like jesus yeah, the, come on. I mean, it just, it's just—it's—it's just so many things. Yeah, the the repetition. I wasn't even shit. If I had been taking notes, I'd probably have twenty more. Yeah, the repetition is an annoyance, but it's also that in the delivery of them, there is no life to them. You're right. It's just taking these moments that are familiar to kind of orient you uh, into the familiar to just to just kind of make it click in that way if if you are just going to these movies and not really thinking about them you're just going for the the hits the 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 prescribed idea of where they're going to unfold you'll probably be minorly entertained because they're just hitting the marks they're just hitting the marks but that's boring when you're trying to engage you're trying to think and especially for a movie that does want its characters to be a little more complex or dealing with uh, honestly they they have ample material to deal with uh, the, uh because they are children because they are children in the foster system uh they are they are dealing with disabilities they're dealing with di- uh disillusionment they're dealing with uh the uneasy idea of a future the idea that maybe family the family that they've chosen or has accepted them is not necessarily the family these could be heavy pieces of subject matter that give character a lot of layers and some interesting connection and this was the problem they just didn't focus on the kids enough they 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 focused on the templative delivery of marking down the the adventure pro forma it was it was incredibly boring and the they were their adult selves way too much the kids are actually quite interesting they are actually good performers they they could have a lot of things going on such as they what uh, one of them is pedro and he they, it's just it's just thrown out there that he's gay you know it and and there's nothing exploratory really it's just a gimmick it's just a feature but we don't get to spend time yeah they plant, they planted early in the movie and they pay it off at the end and that's but it but that's it but and and i get it like he he just says it and everyone's like oh we know we accept it like it's whatever and and that's great uh, you know that's a way to do it and to to normalize and and just show but 
again, they do the same with Billy. He expresses that he's losing his family and that he's going to age out of the foster system, and then they pay it off at the end by just declaring that he has accepted this or come to a conclusion without really earning it. They don't earn anything with these characters because they're trapped in this frictionless, as you said, that's a good word for it, frictionless, uh, inconsequential narrative that is just following following the formula. Oh, there's a city. It's in peril. Things are, and I'm also just tired of these like city like where it's just like we just pile up this insane body count of just random people being slaughtered around the city by this monster, that monster. These 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 they just have no place to go. No. Right? It's just like it's like with Marvel, right? They're ending the world every every movie, right? Yeah. Every movie yeah. the the our world is in peril. Every movie we're destroying a city. Every movie it's just like this is it's just I've just seen these scenes of monsters or villains just blasting through a city, blowing up buildings, random people getting killed. Uh I've just seen it so many times. The fatigue I've just seen is it real. So many times. The fatigue, and and if you aren't I mean, experiencing least, I mean, the fatigue, I mean, I didn't even see the Ant Man movie. I mean, these movies do seem to be performing less well. People, people do seem to be getting fatigued. Well, well Ant Man in general performed less well than general the general Marvel uh, t- template and and uh, product. But it was the best performing Ant Man movie. That's where it gets depressing. Well, that's interesting. That, yeah, it was the best performing opening weekend. But I think it had a record substantial drop in the second week. So yeah, it it, no it, legs. Sh- it shows you that yeah, people are still attending. People are still going. But there there is a rewatchability that is uh, that is missing with uh, some of the better Marvel movies. People aren't going to see these again. They're just going to see it, get caught up. And that's it. And they'll probably never watch it again. Unless they do, like, the the daunting task of catching up to the next, like, Avengers. Like, oh, we're going to watch all 30-something movies building up to the next one, which is... I, I can't even fathom doing no. that. That, that no, is no insane. That's insanity. But, I mean, these movies still need to make a lot of money. They right? do. And if there's any sort of fatigue, right... It exists. Because... because the business proposition of these movies, right, is predictable returns, right? That's the business proposition. Yeah, We're going to make X amount of money. We're going to spend a lot of money, but we're going to make X amount of money. I, I feel Which like is what the it's studios want. They, don't, they don't care about spending $200 million if they yeah. know that they'll make, you know, half a billion, right? They yeah. don't care about that. But if the number on the back end goes down, that'll start to change. I mean, we've already saw it happen with Star Wars, right? We've yes. seen the Star Wars cinematic project basically be put on hold. Because they had some bombs, and they're like, "Well, what are we going to do now? It's going to cost us so much money to make one of these that we have to know they're going to succeed. And if we don't know they're going to succeed, well, it's kind of vapor-locked them. It's funny funny how the Marvel thing keeps turning on while the Star Wars thing kind of ends in, seems to be in kind of disarray. I feel like the Marvel audience is is locked in like a certain percentage of it is locked in and they're, they're just going to see everything that comes out. Uh, I, I, I hope, pray, whatever, you know, this idea that perhaps it will start to diminish a little, you know, a little more, a little more, a little more with each middling delivery. Because, I mean, it is undeniable that these things are exceptionally boring now because you you know exactly how they're going to unfold. You know exactly 
the the marks they're going to hit. You know exactly that Ant Ant Man's going to get separated, but then reunite, and then they're going to win. Like, how boring is that? Like, the only mo- movie that uh, eluded that kind of formula is Infinity War, and honestly, it's one of the more interesting ones because you, it it denies your expectation. Um, and obviously, a lot of people. Go follow it into Endgame, and it's it fulfills that expectation. It's it's just a prolonged sense of that original catharsis, but the catharsis is becoming. I mean, it's like uh, drugs. It's like you'll never get that high again, and it's it's gonna it's gonna always diminish, diminish, diminish. These movies are, are like drugs, and you go to them to try and hit the same kind of high or or enjoy the same kind of. Uh, you know, Easter eggs and uh, you know the the nudge and winks about fandom within it. That it's it's for you, these fans and that audience, that that little niche audience, the one that is is locked in and going to deliver. The the it can't sustain. It can't sustain that level of enjoyment because it is diminishing with each and every product. Our my ability to digest any of this material is very low now it 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 it's it, it, we've done so many of these yeah and even with eternals i thought i was being gracious now we've had more and more and more like ant-man thor uh low you know all of these additions and they're just boring they're just nothing i just don't think you know it's it's like peter laurie and and uh Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca, he's like, you don't think much of me, do you? And he goes, well, I just don't think much of you. I don't think of you at all. And that's how I think of Mar- like Marvel. I'm getting there. I just don't think of you at all. You're, you're unimportant. Your, your cultural resonance is going to keep diminishing because it's just so repetitive, so by the by paint by numbers, there's nothing interesting. There's nothing interesting about it anymore. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Infinity War, right? I mean, I, I felt about that the way I felt about a lot of even the better Mar- Marvel movies, which is that they're always more interesting at the beginning than the end. Sure. Because they can be interesting until they have to resolve. Iron Man 1, first half of that movie is great. Second half, fine. Uh, the the, the Cap- Captain America, uh, you know, one of my favorites is Captain America Winter Soldier. The first half, great. Second half, fine. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. The, the, the team getting together, m- much more interesting. The first half, great. Second half, fine. Because it... The, the second half is the fulfillment that you expect. Yeah. The the other things, the character dynamic, when you get to focus on the characters, you get to focus on like Captain America and the philosophy, the, the, the contrast he has with the government. Those are interesting because it gets into the character's ethos versus what the world is seeing. It, it has contrast. And that's what they, we need more of that, but it's so sanitized. Like even when civil war comes out and, and which is one of the greatest comics, which, which has actual consequence, actual cost, people dying. No, nobody really, other than uh, uh war machine, he gets hurt. He gets p- paralyzed briefly, but now he's a functioning human being again in the, in the context of the universe. But nobody dies. Nobody. Everyone solves the potential divisions by by some point in the in the universe and franchise. And I, you just need more of that. Like there's no consequence in this world. There is no stakes. I mean, you could bring up maybe Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. You know, 
their mother dies. But that's that's the that's the extent of where they're going to go. They they keep alluding that there's going to be a more of a body count, but at this point it doesn't matter. They, anybody can be brought back because of time and infinity stones and yeah, yeah. all these things. It's like it, Katie was watching a video on like Dragon Ball Z, and it's like they keep adding like <laughs> more, more powerful balls that that bring people back to life, or regenerate, and do all these things. Then they, there there's a next wave of even more powerful things. I mean, it takes power creep. It, it, that's what it is. It takes from that vain and the video was about how dragon ball z needed to ended it needed to end far uh far in the past but they kept continuing it even the creator was like i'm done like i can't do this anymore because they just (laughs) kept wanting balls to give no more balls to give like they just wanted to keep it going because it was such a lucrative project even if it, it was diminishing slightly as it went along, there were still those people who were like, well, I've, I've dedicated all this time. I got to keep going. Yeah. But the, the, this process, this idea that everything needs to keep going, needs to keep sustaining, it's impossible. It's an impossibility and it needs to stop. It just needs to stop. And you're seeing it in even the middling and side projects, they're, how impactful they are. Because Shazam shouldn't have to adhere to this formula. It should be the DC's Deadpool, you know, more kid-friendly a version of it, but it should be more irreverent, more denying of the formula, more more like experimental. Focus on the kids, focus on the family. That's what it's supposed to be, but instead they veered in the opposite direction and they're like, no, we can't experiment because then the regular people will get a little knocked out of their rhythm, their familiar rhythm with these movies. They just have to all feel the same. They have to operate the same. They have to follow the same trajectory. And if they don't, people then deny them, and then the studio learns, well, we need to just keep it the same. It's th- this is a problem. It's a it's a cultural mental disease, and it's uh, it needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The cultural disease that we are all experiencing. Um, well, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, right? It, it ultimately, it's ultimately soap opera because that's ultimately all it can be. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, because if you're just going to keep going and going with it indefinitely, yeah, right. That's all it can be. It's all it can be. I mean, people make fun of comic books, which are in some sense the ultimate soap opera, right? Because these things, you know, have run for thousands and thousands of issues, right? They make fun of all the weird resets and reboots and reversions, right? But that's what you have to do, right? At some point, you just have to clear the decks, right? There's too much. You got to do a new thing. The only way to do a new thing is be like, oh, we're in a new universe. Or, oh, you know, someone came along and reset this whole ship. And you come up with some conceit to do that, and that's that's fine, right? I mean, it's good if it leads to something good. It's mm-hmm. good if it leads to a good story. It's good if it leads to something entertaining. And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't, right? But the good thing about comic books is that the cost of failure is comparatively much lower, mm-hmm. right? Like, they they can do some weird shit in a comic book because who really cares? Yeah. Right? And if it's good, people like it. And if it's don't, well, you just fucking get rid of it and move on to the next thing. Whereas here, I mean, every movie has to make hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah. right? If it yeah. doesn't, that's a real problem. Like, it that's is. A, because, like, if you lay out, like I say, $200 million, even if the thing only makes $100 million, you're out $100 million. That's a yeah. lot of money. Yeah, it's true. And even in the, the salad days, right, these studios couldn't just go around losing $100 million, and they certainly can't now. No. Capital's tightening up. 
uh, the the government seems to uh, have at least somewhat tightened up the free money spigot. Unless your bank fails, then they'll give you money. <laughs> but uh, just like all this quantitative easing that just sort of mm-hmm. dumped money into the world, there was like, well, you might as well spend it. It's sort of free, right? Yeah, they're basically yeah. give, they're basically giving this shit away. Uh, that's not there anymore, right? So these things have to make money. Uh. But but I mean, if there is some diminishing returns, like I said, that's a good sign. Yeah, right. Because I agree. what that means is that you you've kind of at least you hope that these people at least play out that thread, right? Yeah. And then maybe they'll stop, or maybe they'll do something interesting. They'll probably try something, right? They have to try something because they're going to keep making these movies. They're going to make some sort of movies like this that are meant to be big budget blockbusters that bring a bunch of people in to the tent. And so all we can do is see, well, which one's it going to be? Are they going to manage to do it? But I don't know. I don't know where that's going to come from. No. I don't know because this whole sort of irreverent character, right, the kind of, you know, marvelization of this particular character within the DC universe I mean, I feel like even this idea, right? And like I said, it, in some ways it starts all the way with Iron Man, right? Iron Man's kind of the original irreverent uh, comic book movie character. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I feel like we're just going to, you know, it's just people see that as a path to something new or different or interesting. Oh, we'll do the one that's kind of wisecracking or kind of mm. immature, Right, we'll do that one. But they're but all, we've done that they're one. all variations. Yeah, we've I done mean, that one. We've done that one several times in several different guises, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that is Ant Man. That is Guardians. That is, you know the last few Thor movies, right? It's like we've yeah, done, he we've changed done into it. That. We've yeah. done it. Yeah, well that's the one they morphed, right? It's like, yeah. well, we did the serious one, that's we sort of played that thread out with this character. Let's do the funny one now. Yeah. So you might see them go back and forth like that. Uh, but I mean, Eternals is the attempt to do a serious one, right? Ant Man is the attempt to do a more reverent one. Where are we going here? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I still had some good things to say about the Black Panther movie. Well, yeah, because I think stylistically, the the and, co- and with the costumes, it's aesthetically, it is a interesting place. It's it's just different it's just different and the the stakes for their world are it's it's not about certainly if um namor and his and his evil aims or or his villainous aims for using using the technology or keeping the technology for themselves um would have worldly repercussions but the battle is between these two philosophies of like, do we withhold this technology? Do we give the technology to the world? Or is it only for us because we are superior? We have It, it's, it goes back to Xavier and uh, Magneto in yeah. X-Men. Like it, 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 it is more of a philosophy between, and it's, a, it, it's these two cultures kind of having this conversation with each other. And it's violent. It's violent. They, they have bouts and fights but at under the foundation it's a little more interesting and you know is that ryan coogler is that just the world of black panther i don't know it'd be it, it because it just strikes a different tone everybody everybody else is just in new york city or in shazam it's philadelphia it's it's a cityscape the 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 the, the way they go about saving people it it, it just takes on uh very repetitive notions and 
And it's a shame because the original, the first Shazam is a decent film. It takes an idea of, of child fantasy and puts it into how would you respond to this, but brings with it the complexities of Billy. And this, this is what, what it is. It's like Billy finding his family is the struggle of the first movie. And it's, it makes it very interesting because it, it, he has a lot of psychological trauma. He has he's abandonment, abandonment issues, and he is hardened by the, those experiences. And so he's almost denying the possibility of family, and it's about acceptance at the end. And then he gives the powers to his family. That trajectory is good because it's all based in his character. It's all based in his acceptance, you know, utilizing power and sharing that power rather than it being kind of selfish and being informed by the past. I like that story. I, 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 yeah, the villain is very, very paint by numbers, you know, but I like Mark Strong. He's very good. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he's, yeah, I mean, he, he's, uh, he's appropriately unpleasant. Appropriately unpleasant. And he, he, he can do that. He, he's a great actor. He can vary in, uh, in, in his delivery of that tone, but he, it works in the, in the, in the first movie. And yeah, it's, it is just big, but with super combined with Superman. But that's fun, it, and it makes it yeah, fun. Yeah, there's something there. There's yeah. something there. I mean, it's entertaining. But then with this movie, that fun is gone. Like, the, the, there's nothing really coalescing quite well. The The characters are too fractured in their, what what they desire, what they want. They can't spend enough time with them. They they focus a lot on Freddy, but Freddy has become a little uninteresting because he has powers. Like, the, it was always kind of, and I I know that the, it, sh- it should bring complications. It should bring differences. But honestly, I don't. I didn't think those differences were interesting enough. Like, and and what what Zachary Levi and and because they're paying so much money for these older actors, like like Adam Brody, like Zachary Levi, they almost have to use them. That that was the problem. They're using them more often rather than the kids being like, you know, caught in their own circumstances, caught in their own dramas. Because really, that's it's not about the they. The problem with this Shazam is that they're like, oh, it's about us as pseudo-gods or demigods battling gods, and that's the interesting part. But that's never the interesting part. That The, the interesting part is how those reflect the interior dramas and the interior consequences and the interior choices of the kids, because those are the real characters. These are just versions of them, grown-up, uh, pseudo-grown-up versions of them. And they're they're denying them their their due. They're denying them their attention. And I thought that that was a robbery of this movie. Like they focused on the the spectacle of it rather than why the spectacle matters to these kids and what they're going through. And it was just it was just a shame. It was just a true shame because I, the potential is there. Yeah. Now, I don't know what happened because uh, I think it's Dan Trachtenberg. He's a good filmmaker and he connects with this franchise. Like he has that kind of James Gunn quality of irreverence of paying attention to his characters. And he did it in the first one. I I just don't know. Uh, the, the There's a something lost in translation here. And I, I can only say that it's probably, I think it might've been someone different who did this one. I mean, maybe he, he directed it, but it, I don't think he helped write it. Yeah. So it's a different writers. I think it's a different intention with DC again, DC going through a lot of changes, a lot yeah. of shifting. And I don't know if they either believed in this or wanted it. And the fact that it was probably already greenlit and they probably already spent a bunch of money in pre-production or in production before they decided that they were 
up, the, the upheaval that James Gunn and Peter, uh, I forget his name, Safran's Peter Safran, wow. that they're they have a whole different design. They have a whole different direction, and it, I don't think Shazam is part of the equation. Like it just isn't. It's just not part of their equation, and so I just don't think they believed in this at all. And when you're working on something and you're trying to deliver a product and you did believe in it, but everyone around you is like, it just doesn't matter if you finish it at all. Maybe we'll write it off. Maybe we won't even release it uh, and just write it off like Batgirl. Um, That that's discouraging. And I don't, and and he has even said, I'm done with superhero movies for right now. Uh, Like he won't return to this franchise, even if they decide to do a Shazam three, which the, the earnings are, I don't think there for them to do so. Yeah. They didn't put trust in him. They didn't believe in him. They didn't believe in the product. So why would you put any effort in? Why would you just deliver the the basic? Just deliver the the yeah, formula. Well, that's definitely what this was. I mean, that's what it was. Yeah, and it and it's a, it, it's a shame because it's a waste of talent across the board. It's a waste of Zachary Levi, who I enjoy. It's a waste of Helen Mirren, Lucy Liu, uh, Rachel Ziegler. Right? Yeah, I like Rachel Ziegler a lot. I mean, it, I it, mean, and Helen Mirren, obviously, legend. Yeah, legend. And I love Lucy Liu, but they they. My goodness, the coldness and the hollowness that they delivered the lines. And you can tell because Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu have both said, we had no idea what the story was. We had no idea what was going on. We just showed up and our costumes were miserable. <laughs> like you hear you hear these stories and you're like, oh, yeah, this must have been a miserable experience I, because I, nobody cared. I don't think anybody cared. Yeah. And that, that removes so much of the joy that the original Shazam had. And that's it's, – it's so – I, I couldn't understand the tone shifts of this movie. It's like it yeah. wants to be a childhood fantasy, but then you have some guy being mind controlled zombie and committing suicide off of a oh, building. Yeah, that's that's just a bad. That's a I I'd forgotten about that. That's such a bad moment. Because what does it do? It does. What does nothing. it do? It just okay. She's bad, right? Yeah. She's really awful, and. The rest of them are going to have to go against her, and uh, it's, whatever. I understand it's like setting up this conflict, but you've already done it, so it's just gratuitous. It was gratuitous. It's just gratuitous. It, it's it was mean spirited because you even introduced him as a character that is in this in Freddy's corner. He's like, yeah, I was bullied too, and he's not really even. I don't think he's even a character in the first movie, or barely. You know, I don't and, remember him. Yeah, I don't remember him at all. I, I like Diedrich Bader. But he shows up in one scene to defend him, and then shows up on the roof and is, and then unceremoniously just murdered. Like, and yeah. and you're just like, where's the tone here? Is this supposed to be fun? And what are the con- What are the consequences? What are the stakes? It muddies it. It there's no consistent tone or directive here, and so it's delivering sequences. Much like this, it's it, it's just oh, we need to oh, show that she's bad. Therefore, know, this is what you we know. Do. It's funny, right? Because what you're saying really does does sort of clue me into why I do like something like the last Black Panther movie significantly more than I like this one. Is that, is that that movie at least knows what it is? Yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. This doesn't. Yeah, it knows exactly what it is, and you might not like it. Like I know some people had various issues with it, but. It, it it has a it has a certain identity to it, right? Mm-hmm. It has a certain sense of what it is, what its tone is, what it's going for, right? And then it does it, right? Yeah. Whereas this movie, yes, this movie, once again, you, you know, you talk about the heavy hand of various people. 
it is very tonally inconsistent. It's sort of goofy and light and irreverent in one moment, and kind of like you said, kind of nasty. I mean, this the shit at the end too, with the, all the monsters just like walking around, just just murking random people. Yeah, it's just nasty, unpleasant. Yeah, like doesn't add anything, right? No. But once again, someone says, "Well, we're going to heighten the drama, right? We'll put the shit on the bridge. We'll put, make the city full of nasty ass monsters, right? Yeah. It's just it's just some some very elementary." Basic notion of well, we're going to raise the stakes. You got to raise the stakes, right? Yeah, but, but again, the, but the point is yeah. the stakes have to be about these individual characters and their family. And if you care about them, that's all you need. Yeah, that's all you need is they're in peril, yeah. right? But no, it's like every time it has to be a fucking city that's going. to I mean, they did like under the dome with the city too. It's just like, but what was great is I love what I what I honestly there's a this is a, such a small moment, but I think it captures what's fucked up about this movie. <laughs> they're under this dome. Right. Yeah. That you can either enter nor leave. And then one of the next scenes we see, uh, he's getting ready to have cheesesteaks with Helen Mirren. Yes. Yeah. And people are just going about their lives like nothing is going on. They're they like, don't, hey, they don't even understand the you're going to do movie. something about this. They don't even pun intended with steaks and cheesesteaks, but, <laughs> but they don't even understand. No. Right. Like you're in a city where like a city depends on the constant inflow and outflow of things. Right. There's not enough food in the city for people for like a day. So like they don't or or two days. Right. Sure. So they don't even like like there's such a disconnect between like the ratcheting up of the drama in one axis and like what how people are behaving on the screen. It's very dissonant. Right. Yeah. Very dissonant. It's very dissonant. And it's just this little moment. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But to me, it illustrates the problem, which is this movie just doesn't even know what it is. Yeah. It doesn't know where the action is. It doesn't know where the drama is. It doesn't know what's affecting about it. It doesn't know what's going to suck you in. And so it just ends up kind of throwing all these these additional escalators into the structure of the plot that are unnecessary and don't add anything. Like there's monsters plus it's under a dome plus they're just killing random people. Plus it's like, you don't need any of that shit. No, you You don't don't need any of it. You needed more of, like I I keep saying it's these characters and what they're going through instead of just declaring like where Zachary Levi is like, Oh, like talking with this psychiatrist or he's not a psychiatrist. He's a, a pediatrician. Um, and he's like, it sounds like you have imposter syndrome. They're just using these like le- th- these ideas, or he's like, oh yeah, no, I I feel like I'm I'm nothing without my team, or like I'm not really there. But they're just introducing these concepts and then never address them throughout with yeah. scenes throughout the movie yeah, just, until they d- have to declare idea. it again. It's every it's it's just the kitchen sink shit that we see in so many of these movies. It's every idea you had, it's every thought you had, it's every idea everyone had. Just put it all in. Put it on. Just put it on. Because really, once he's been kidnapped and they want the power, that's all you need. Yes. That's all you need. That's sufficient motivation. Yeah, it's his that family. Gets, that's his brother. That gets the wheel turning. All this other shit is just extraneous. Yeah. It's just like, well, we'll add this. We'll do this. We'll do this. It's like, no. Focus on, once you have enough to drive it, spend the time with the characters. Spend the time giving them something interesting to talk about or funny to do or whatever. Rather than just like, oh, another ratcheting up of the tension or ratcheting yeah. up of the stakes. Everything about it, because it comes down to it, it's, it's similar ideas that uh, you can see in like the movie Encanto, which is actually a much better film than this. But like Encanto keeps talking about 
the specialness of not having powers. And then by the end of the movie, they, they like start losing their powers and things are malfunctioning. But by the end of the movie, they land on the idea, well, no, your powers make you special and you should have your powers, which is, I think the wrong lesson Encanto should have had, but that's fine. Like it's, it's, it's okay because that's, that's a minor quibble because I think the, the template of what they're with, with familial drama, generational uh, drama, I like it's good. But compare that to this, where the idea of the powers, everyone's kind of overly dependent on them, unless they're not. Like, the the older sister is like, eh, whatever, I'm going to college and I have the powers, but it's, it, she's able to, like, manage her life in a, in a, in a way that, that is, is almost superhero-like. Like, if you had those powers, but you were also going to college, like, I, I think you'd be going through more a more existential idea of what those powers sort of mean. So they do nothing with that character. And then you have with Zachary Levi and Billy there, he's going through this idea of, Oh, do, do I deserve these powers? And that, that's a legitimate sort of thought, or am I something without my family? Um, which is a whole 180 to the, to the original film. Uh, like the, the sharing of the powers should have been like a fulfillment of like, no, my family's great and they deserve the powers. Therefore, like, because I've granted them and I share them with them, you're deserving of it. Like, but the, the existential crisis for him is a little uh, unwarranted and not necessarily ventured. But with Freddy, that's where you know that the script has let a lot of characters down. Freddy's trying to be something because he because he's disabled. He's utilizing the powers to fill in some kind of identity crisis with that, to be like, I'm stronger than I am. And she keep, but they keep just saying the point, expository. That oh you are you're powerful because of who you are not because of the powers, and that and I would like to believe that but the movie does not ever like really convince you. I mean he he has his moment with the dragon like like I said the mo- more convincing idea is that Freddy is is but he doesn't change like I don't and, and I don't know if that's enough for the realization. I just think that there there are ideas here that could have been extrapolated yeah. and it pronounced more pronounced and brought, brought the extra kind of rein it in and focus in on those moments. It would actually have been really good. Yeah. No, I mean, there, there's something there, but it's just, it's just a mess. Like I said, yeah. it's just, it just gets lost in the sauce, right? Lost in the deployment of just every fucking idea. Yeah. It's a, it's a problem. It's like it's like take that all that time for that interminable end sequence where we've got to see all these monsters and shit. Take that time, take that energy, and put it into some good scenes with these characters where they can be funny or interesting or give them something to do. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, this is, they just don't they just don't have that. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, I mean, I don't have much more else no, to I feel say. Good. I, feel good. Uh, I will say it actually. Shazam: Fury of the Gods has uh, noticeably some of the worst extra actors that I've ever seen. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, you, because yeah, because they make them they, they they make them so prominent in their reactions. The one lady who is singing in the car uh, as as her car falls and then is saved. Uh, the one lady on the bridge who's like, the bridge is collapsing. Like, and then she starts yeah. running like, but they're all like no, looking quizzically around and then like really bad acting actually really bad. And I hate to do that to some of these people. Cause I know that they're trying to make it in this industry, but then they mm-hmm. have that random scene with, uh, some guy. And it might even be the direct, maybe it's the director. I know he made a cameo, but 
it's like empty streets and this guy's on a Vespa when the 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 dome yeah. is is shrinking. Yeah, that was very But he's pronounced. just by himself and you're just like, "Huh? Like what? I get that you need to show, but you could have done it differently. It was so random and it's it's just so out of place." That they're, they're, even structurally, this well, movie's a mess. It's funny, right? it's because, so weird because, but those things suggest a a sort of tone that's kind of B film esque or campy. Yes, yeah, which could have worked if you, I agree. you have to you have to go for that. You have to go for that. You can't they do, weren't. You can't you can't sprinkle that in. That's kind of a more uh, a more. If you want to do it, you have to do it. Yeah, we but, talked about matinee on yeah. my show, and like yeah. they, they really go for it in the in the camp. And yeah, you yeah. need to know you need to know how to do that. Yeah, but I mean, at least that would be something different. Like if someone got you know, because I mean the the origins of these movies is matinee movies. It is oh camp. yes, absolutely. So if someone should really go for camp, like actually go for camp. Because when you think they're going to go for camp, they always go for melodrama. Uh, yeah. Right? You know, I mean, this ultimately is failed melodrama. Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy is more successful melodrama. But it's always melodrama, right? It's always yeah. family drama. And whatever, that's life. That shit works. People yeah. go back to it because it works. But it's it would be more interesting if someone were like, yeah, we're really going to do this as an actual like over-the-top Corman-esque style. I would love both two hundred million dollars. I love mean, that, at least you're like, well, that's something new. Like, I mean, that's uh, something different. When, when was the last time we got? Oh, well, the, not the last time, but prominent in my mind, uh, also a '90s film is Mars Attacks. Like that, that yes. that has aged well because it knows what it is. It's it is camp and it sells it. It's dedicated to it. But that's also kind of parody of camp. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I um, mean. Because that's the thing is these movies at the end of them, even when they're good, that's the thing that's amazing to me about all the comic book movies, the ones that are allegedly irreverent and the ones that aren't. They all are ultimately, like I said, they're all melodrama. They're all ultimately very sentimental. Oh, very much so. And sometimes the ones that are supposed to be silly are the most sentimental of all because they are the ones that fall back on the hardest of the ideas of we're a family. Yeah. The Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy. We're a family. You know, Ant Man turns out to be such a softy, right? Such yeah. a caring softy, caring at the end father, of the day. and wants to be with his daughter, right? So, yeah. so they always fall back on that, or almost always fall back on pretty much some kind of sentimentality because that's how you get the character to do the thing you want to do. That's the string you ultimately have to pull on your marrying that, yeah. right? Is well, he's going to do the right thing. God bless. God bless Tony him Stark. Knows he has to sacrifice himself, and he's going to do it. He's a selfish prick. Lo- love you three thousand. Yeah, so, I mean it, it is melodrama. Yeah, it really I mean, hits that sentimental. That, note. Some some successful. Uh, don't granted, but but that's I, what that's, that's what where they is. always go. They always go to the sentimental yeah. because what else are you going to do? I don't. Know. You're always going to have Shazam standing there inside that dome, ready to sacrifice himself for his family. But of course, he's not actually going to sacrifice himself. Spoilers, blah. We always spoil the movies. You know that if you listen. Uh, but he's going to do it. Like he's going to say he's going to do it. He's going to, his character will intend to do it and do it as far as he can tell, because that's what they have to do. That's how they got to finish the movie. They got to finish the movie with that. Honestly, how else are they going to do it? Honestly, had they ended with him actually sacrificing that Billy is dead, I would have respected the movie a hell of a lot more. I just really would. I don't know if that would have been enough to, 
it wouldn't have saved it. It wouldn't have saved it. Because you're just it. waiting for him to come back in the next one. Sure. Right? If they're going to sure. bring him back, they're going to bring him back, like yeah. you said. It's Spock. You know, it's, Spock sacrifices this one, but the next one, we go search for him. Yeah, you know? although I mean, that, that's a, that is a very affecting scene in part because they do let him be dead, at least Absolutely. for that Like moment. I said, yeah, I mean, for that moment, it is done. And then you have to kind of sit and reflect on that. You have to take some time. I think that would have been it. Wouldn't have saved this movie. I, I give you. Well, that. hopefully we'll hopefully we'll get a good one soon. I hope so. Because then don't we know. can think about what. Because I'm sort of, you know, I always having watched enough of these and talked about enough of them. What I find myself wondering about now is, I mean, the good ones and the bad ones. They all do have a lot in common. Even the good ones are often pretty formulaic. So I I find myself trying to articulate or just understand even for myself. What is the distinction exactly? Yeah. And I don't know. I'm, I don't know that I have a... They're stretching out the release. It shows you that the fatigue... Like, you know, Kevin Feige keeps saying, oh, I don't believe the fatigue's there because if you look at the numbers, people keep going. But they are responding to something on the ground. They're stretching out the release pattern of some of their movies. They're not going to release three a year. I think they're only going to release two a year. Well, the, and so there, there is something happening. People are recognizing that there is a difference. Large corporations are fundamentally conservative, right? small c conservative and if they think a trend is coming if they if they sense a trend coming where these big bets don't seem as certain as they once did they're going to respond yeah that's That's why they do it they don't there's not there's no creative motivation no no no, absolutely not they want they they want bankable properties (laughs) and if they become less bankable well then they're gonna if they stretch out the time then maybe your interest comes back a little more you're you're not as exhausted going to the theater well and it's a it's a business thing too right with interest rates going up and with capital tightening up you hold your money it, it's right? true yeah it's you know it's like well you know i can make a better return on my money uh just holding on to it right now yeah it's so true. i'm not gonna spend it as freely i gotta know i i gotta know my return I got to be pretty damn sure my return for spending it's going to be better than my return for just holding on to it. I'm glad that we're going to be watching a franchise movie or a sequel movie next uh, next week that knows what it is. And that's mm-hmm. John we Wick. Shall see. John we Wick shall chapter see. 4. <laughs> From what I hear, it knows what it is and it go. knows what it's going to do. Well, so John Wick coming up, folks. That's what's coming. Beep, beep, beep. We probably should have watched the Willem Dafoe inside could have should have and would have there's a lot would've. of things we i know do. yeah i saw instead i saw Shaz- i forgot that it had come out i saw shazam and then i saw moving on in the same day well, yeah, um you're moving, committed to this moving on being better than 80 for brady being slightly better than shazam but uh the more i think about it it's really a nothing i mean it is a palatable dark comedy for old people and i don't i don't mean <laughs> that by age i mean old, being old is is a mindset like i've met 20 year olds i've I've met 20 year olds who are old people like where they're they're they that the idea of provocation and being a little edgy is like ooh ooh oh my like you know that that's the reaction but and it it like serves that line in a dark comedy and uh i mean jane fonda and lily tomlin you know they're great to watch. Uh, it's just not a great script. Uh, Malcolm McDowell's great to watch as oh, yeah. well, but not a great film. Um, very forgettable. You will forget about it in a couple years, maybe next month. But um, yeah, John Wick next week. I think I thought that was Let's good. And any parting thoughts? Uh, no, I feel good. I feel right. good. He's Kyle Brule. Subscribe to his Patreon. I know movies and you don't. I'm Ben Thielen. Uh, go read my Substack. Uh, Dead Reckoner. I do it. Just live your life. I hope you're doing well out there. Yeah. I hope you feel good in life. I do too. Yeah. 
we'll leave it at that. Right on. Enjoy Good your job, life. Buddy. <laughs>